A pint of beer may shorten your life by one minute, but a day's work shortens it by eight hours. This is Deserter. Welcome to a new series of Deserter podcasts. Yes, in which all your favourite bits have been purged. <laughs> yes, you could say that. Uh, so what is different, Raider? Well, uh, one thing I've noticed straight away is I'm moving. So you are, you're quite right. We're Why walking. am I moving? Yeah, we've broken free of the studio. Yeah. We're out in the wild like feral beasts or two blokes on the way to the pub. Better. Yeah, because uh, in each episode in this series, we will be following in the footsteps of a famous Londoner, seeing where they lived, where they worked, and of course, where they drank. Oh, yes. And where are we today? Today, we're in leafy Ruskin Park, uh, heading towards Denmark Hill. That's right, so we are, because today we're on the trail of the most famous South Londoner you've never heard of. Who's that? Freddie Mills, who lived very near here, a boxing world champion, a TV star, mm-hmm. film star, nightclub owner, and the best loved figure in British sport after the war. And it's his mysterious death that oh. we're going to solve this afternoon. Or get drunk trying. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, in addition, we'll have some regular bits as well, like the uh, very thrilling What Have We Been Up To section. Woohoo! <laughs> Uh, the news, news, news. News, news. And a look at the social media scene in a segment we call Social Media Scene. I like the way you say that. Thank you very much. It's very cool. Yes, thank you. Um, I'm thirsty, though. Is it time time for pub quiz? Pub quiz. Pub quiz. I'm ready. Go on, then. What is today's first pub, Raider? Today's first pub stands just a couple of minutes away from here, Ruskin Park. Uh-huh. It was a purpose-built pub, built on the site of a former plague pit, some years after its nearby predecessor, with a very similar name, uh-huh. was damaged by enemy action in the Second World War. Can you name that pub? Oh, you tease. Well, there's one over here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to it. Here we are, what do you fancy me? Uh, a pint of hophead for me, please. Two pints of hophead, please, Annabelle. It's not Annabelle, it's Andrew. Oh, sorry, Andrew. Okay, now, I tell you what, this idea about doing the podcast outside mm. was an idea that was conceived in a heat wave. Yeah. And now we're in a fucking hurricane. We're in a hurricane, a pissing with rain. <laughs> It's only going to get worse. Yeah. I mean, it's, this is 16 degrees. What's going to be like in February? Anyway, pressing on. Yeah. Why do we get embroiled in these things? How I do we get embroiled no, in these no, things? No, no, don't worry about our problem, so. Yeah. You just sit down and relax. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here we are in Hurricane in the garden of the Fox on the Hill, uh, as you may have guessed. And um, its predecessor was known as the Fox under the Hill and stood a little further down the hill where the one-stop chocolate is now. And uh, that was damaged in the war, and this uh, was purpose-built to replace it Mm. on the site of a former plague pit. Cheers. (laughs) Keep it light, keep it light. Um, And we're drinking a hop head, uh, as you may have gathered. What do you think of it? Um, It's a little bit more bitter than I remember it, I think. A little more bitter and less hoppy, and I I, I don't know if... What do you think? It definitely feels less fresh. Less sort of well kept, maybe, than mm. you would find in the Harp uh, in Covent Garden or the Blythe Hill Tavern in Catford. Yeah. But those are very high bars. They are very high bars, but uh, nonetheless, um, those are the bars that everyone should be aiming for. Yes, we love um, bars. And yeah, it's <laughs> we do love bars. Um, but I do wonder whether whether uh, it has changed because production of Hophead has been moved from the Dark Star Brewery in Brighton. Mm to um, Bullersbury in Chiswick. Yeah. And the only way we can be sure is if we go to the harp and have a pint. Yes, that's a lovely idea. Boy. Yes, that's a lovely idea, because we will be in Soho later, won't we? We will. Um, OK, um, but before we uh, get on the trail of uh, Freddie Mills, 
God love him. Um, what the hell have you been up to? Because it's been a long time, hasn't it? It's been ages, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously I can't remember a great deal. <laughs> um, however, there was one amazing deal, wasn't there? We, we were commissioned to write about pubs. Oh. In Harrogate, of all places. It was like a dream come true. It really was. It was. We had a bottomless drink and food tab, free accommodation in a five-star hotel. Yeah. For uh, Rouleur magazine. Yes. To preview drinking holes for the uh, cycling world championships, yeah, which um, take place in Yorkshire. But they all finish in Harrogate, yes. so we thought let's just do all the pubs in Harrogate. Yes. Uh, yes, where you can watch the race and um, and have a pint. Um, and um, yeah, we made a, it was a it was a very good start straight away. I mean, obviously we had tinnies on the train, but mm. as soon as we got to Harrogate, the pub in the in the station, the is tap, unbelievable Harrogate yeah, tap. The Harrogate tap was lovely. That's a sister pub to the Euston tap, isn't it? Yeah, and a few um, other. Tap. Oh, it was tremendous. A great start, and mm. um, from there, I mean, there was. There's a microbrewery, yeah. there was a micro pub that was lovely, the little ale. Little ale house. house was brilliant. Cold cold bath brewing. Uh, corner house. I loved Hales as well on the corner. I mean there's just a, uh, anyway, yeah. the, it was the articles in Ruler magazine. You know, yes, which is a you know very high-end cycling magazine. It's a very good magazine, isn't it's it? Very good magazine. Slightly ruined. Produced. Only ruined by having full-page pictures of us, us in it. This yes, issue. that's a bit yeah, <laughs> that's a bit not uh, so easy on the eye. And uh, so it was a very long, long day, much longer than we expected, because it ended, uh, I, I believe, with a gingerbread Manhattan at 10 a.m. the following morning. Yes. Yes. And that was a nice... Um, I felt like I'd done some learning there, you know, mm. because now I know that what you need to cure a hangover is a strong cocktail at 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I exactly. felt magnificent after that. Yes, public service. Public service. Thank you very like much shit, to... Uh, magnificent. <laughs> Thank you very much to Ian and everyone at um, The Ruler for having us and for paying. Um, now then, uh, I don't want to tie you down, but would you say you're middle class? <laughs> <laughs> you know where I'm going? <laughs> Are you going to Tuscany? Yes. <laughs> I did go on holiday to Tuscany. Yeah, the month in Tuscany, as you usually do in, in August. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks, two days. <laughs> mm. um, while you were in the real Tuscany, a champion hill. That's right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, indeed, uh, yeah, a uh, bit hot for a ginger, but um, very nice, nice, lots of places named after booze, like Chianti and Montepulciano, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, some lovely towns. Um, I went to Siena, which is a lovely medieval walled city mm. uh, where they have a mad horse race, bareback horse race. Mm. Um, which, and we, we were there for that. Oh, really? The Palio, yeah. Um, was that where you were when I um, texted you about Ben, yes. ben Stokes's innings? Uh, uh, no, we were, I just got back by then. That was uh, the, because you know, in uh, Siena, I couldn't get any contact with the outside world. That's I was right. I remember. Desperately I, trying to keep up with the day's events. <laughs> I texted you saying, uh, fuck me, or something along those lines. Mm. I sincerely hope you managed to catch that. But uh, I got a text back saying, no, I was in a fucking mountain kingdom with no contact with the outside world apart from a text about PPI. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's the only fucking thing that got through was PPI. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, one thing I did like about Siena, I mean, it's a beautiful place, but um, as it is up in the mountains, um, the way to get there is you ride an escalator. They have escalators all around the perimeter of the city. Jesus. that you ride to get up to it. It really is like Disneyland. Civ civilised, very civilised. Yeah. My favourite um, mode of transport, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tuscany was lovely. I had one problem, uh, one language problem. I only have kind of restaurant Italian. Mm. And I was in a restaurant and um, asked for the bill, uh, Il Conto, per favore. Uh, and, um, uh, but this, on this occasion, I said Il Conti. Mm. And uh, the, the blood drained from the waiter's face, mm. and he said, um, "Dinner's on the house." Mm. Grazie, arrivederci, and stormed off. And I looked, I looked it up on Google Translate. I, I basically said, "Can I see your accounts, please?" <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, while you were sunning yourself in Tuscany, I was in Thanet. 
don't know what you're laughing at. That's where people like me go for our holidays. Yes, yes, I'm sure. The you workers, never get out, do the you? workers. Mm. Um, yeah, I spent a week down in uh, my convalescence home for old farts in Thanet, and we went to Broadstairs Folk Week, which was absolutely sensational. And several people came and went uh, during the course of the week in an mm. effort to rejuvenate themselves through drinking eight pints a day. Right. I mean, is that why it's it's amazing? Because I've heard lots of good things about Broadstairs Folk mm. Week, and mm. I can't for the life of me think what could be good about a Folk Week. Well, first of all, it's a very broad church. The Folk is very broad church, so you can always find something you like. And second of all, you can hear it before you go into the place. So you're never going to be unnerved by something. You know, you can always, you're drawn to what attracts you mm. so my uh, companion at the early half of the week was uh, he, he, there's two things he likes yeah mm. the accordion and French girls <laughs> and, <laughs> so he found Garance Louis uh, playing in uh, the chapel and uh, she was absolutely sensational musician and mm. um, yeah I left him staring at her mm. for eight hours uh, I was standing uh, B Everett um, folk singer from Brighton um, but you'll always find something that you can like. They, they even have like backbeats and like Julian at the chapel was decrying the use of disco further down the uh, right. further down the street. But it's a very very broad disco, musical folk church. Disco. Folk disco. Okay, um, I also met your uh, sister. Oh yeah, she was down there. Um, yeah, we uh, parted with there. her and um, persuaded her to miss her train home on uh, on her second day i don't suppose that would take a lot of persuading <laughs> well she uh, she did tweet i've been helped me i've been kidnapped by alcoholics <laughs> so i think it's fair fair comment um what else have we doing we did um oh we did introduce life of brian at the film festival uh, yes. on sunday didn't we we did yeah the uh, charlton woolwich free film festival um yeah, lovely occasion, isn't it? You watch a classic comedy uh, film in a beer garden with a lovely pint. Uh, yeah, wonderful. And the festival's going on uh, for the remainder of this week. Um, so search for Charlton and Wallach Free Film Festival. We introduced Life of Brian, um, which was a great turnout, wasn't it? Mm. And, uh, you know, remarkably relevant today as it ever was, I think, uh, sort of lampooning, as it does, fanaticism, blind faith and organized religion mm -hmm. and coming from a time when John Cleese was still baiting the establishment as opposed to representing the establishment indeed <laughs> you may remember he um, was decrying London for not being an English city Twat. Really, yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe he wants to it to move it to the Caribbean where he now lives yeah yeah I know he felt uh, that he was supported by lots of people none of whom lived in London or lived abroad that's right all my friends agree with me yeah, yeah none of them lived there either yeah, yeah what's he on about yeah, it's always been a melting point, pot. Yeah, it's a Roman city. I mean, and what have the Romans ever done for us? They made fucking London, you twat. It wasn't made by Cockneys. <laughs> <laughs> and um, coming back to London, we also did a cider trail with Osman and Spider, who was back in the yes. country. Um, so it turns out Osman has bought a field in Sussex yes. with his he enormous wealth. Yeah, he told you a farm. Yeah, yeah, it's not a farm. No, it's, it's a field. It's a field. I mean, it's several acres. Right. Yeah, I think it's like seven acres or something, but I don't think there's a building on it. Um, mm. But he's going to grow uh, apple trees and mm. make cider. That's why he dragged us on a cider trail. Probably to hear your recipe for cider. <laughs> yes. A layer, a layer of, of apples, apples and you get a layer of straw. And you get a layer, layer of apples and you get a layer of straw. You get a layer of apples <laughs> and so on. <laughs> until you get to drink it. So it was a bit of a research trip and um, mm. we started at the Royal Festival Hall food market. Yeah. That we went to the Waterloo Tap after that, didn't we? We uh, did. And the White Hart. Oh, did we? After that, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, oh, yes. It does get a bit hazy, we, we like, like, the, like the cider. Yeah, we went to the Union Jack at some point, I think. Yeah, and then we, I know we ended up at Hawks Cidery. But we picked the up the mistress end. from the uh, Rose We Crown. did, yeah, she came with us, yeah, and... Uh, ended up in a toilet in Bermondsey. We did, yeah. Uh, it's a perfect night out in many ways, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, um, I like the fact that when you get a route plotted, it forces you to stick to it. So you actually, in a way, you're going off piste a bit. You're walking through places, roads you don't know, estates you haven't been to, 
because you've got to get to this little dot that's on the map, whereas ordinarily you might just stop at the next pub. Mm. Um, so what we can remember of it was um, highly uh, enjoyable. Yes, but I learned absolutely fuck all about cider. <laughs> is that it? Is I, that, think, I is think that, that is, the, that is uh, what we've been up that's to. That's what we've been up to, yeah. Um, and now we're about to embark on a trail. The trail of Freddie Mills. Yeah. Let's go. Well, here we are on Denmark Hill. I made some notes about Denmark Hill. <coughs> There's a Denmark Hill as an area, as well as a road. Right. Um, which um, I, I guess I should have known because I live here. But um, <laughs> when it started coming together and these villas we can see started to be built, it was quite well to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, by the mid 19th century, Denmark Hill was known as the Belga Belgravia of South London. Is that right? Isn't that amazing? Uh, now it's a bit of a, uh, a main road, as you can probably hear. Uh, and it was once known as Dulwich Hill. Mm. Yeah. I, I find that disappointing, because I would prefer it to be called Dulwich Hill now. Really? I, I like Denmark Hill. Do you? Yeah, yeah. A bit more exotic. And a little bit. I know it's not in Denmark, but we're not in Dulwich <laughs> either. Um, the name was changed to Denmark Hill to honour the husband of Queen Anne. Prince George of Denmark, who either lived here or hunted here, depending on which bit of Wikipedia you read. <laughs> <laughs> That's research. But so, you know, you live here quite happily for 400 years, and it's called Dulwich Hill. The Queen marries someone from Denmark, and suddenly it's Denmark Hill. No, that I'm is not, old, I'm that not is having old. it. I'm yeah. not having it, Vinny. I'm a traditionalist. And uh, as we stroll up, uh, Denmark Hill. It's worth noting that this is the same hill as Hearn Hill, Red Post Hill, Dog Kennel Hill and Champion Hill. Oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Depending on which way you approach it. And um, on our left now is the very large Denmark Hill estate. At the time, I believe, the biggest housing estate, social housing estate on Dulwich Hill. in Europe. <laughs> And uh, before it was built, all the old villas that lent its name, I guess, to uh, Belgravia of South London uh, stood here, including those of John Ruskin, he had a house here, uh -huh. and Henry Bessemer. And these, these were pulled down after the war. And Denmark Hill Estate was built uh, around 1950. Uh -huh. So um, when Freddie lived here, this estate wouldn't have been here. Right. We okay. would have had yeah, yeah. John Ruskin's dilapidated old house opposite him. Which kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. So we're looking for number 186. Okay, we're well, not far to go. And uh, this is where Freddie moved to in 1947. But before that, tell us a little bit about him. Well, yes. Uh, I mean, we've mentioned that he was hugely popular. Mega popular. Uh, and it's hard to imagine, actually, how you gain that kind of um, popularity uh, in, in another era. Uh, uh, because there was no TV during the war when he was really making his name. Yeah. Um, but there was radio, and that was yes, mass media then. That's right. And he'd had several fights on the BBC before he was 20. And in, during the war, when he fought... Jack London at the Royal Albert Hall, millions tuned in. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it was, oh, here we are. Here we are at 186 Joggy Villa. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's funny to believe, I mean, he was he as was big as um, we said earlier, didn't we? Uh, if you want to equate it with someone, it's like David Beckham. There's, I, I can't think of anyone who would have that sort of national and global fame. Yes, it was, it was somebody who, who people loved. He was not only famous, he was loved. Yeah wasn't he because he was he had a very warm personality and it's funny to think of David Beckham living on Denmark Hill <laughs> <laughs> who knew yeah uh, and he was the world light heavyweight champion from 1948 to 1950 that's right so he'd moved here in 1947 after he'd um, been demobbed yes he fought as Sergeant Mills during the war didn't he and he, he uh, had a massive fight against uh, Lesnovich a yeah. title fight he was given a terrible hiding in that fight 
Well, I think, I mean, he was severely hurt, but he he, he was winning a lot of rounds in it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he was in a... a he know, did he, say he was never the same again, though, didn't he? Yeah, he, he did. I mean, he was, headaches he was and terribly unprepared for it because he w had just come back from the Far that's East. That's right, yeah. He hadn't really, you know, wasn't really prepared for it. And, um, you know, that opportunity came up and he, he had to go for it. But, yeah, he was... Um, they didn't, you know, three weeks after that, that first world title fight, which he'd lost, mm. he was fighting a heavyweight, you know, because that's, yes. that's yeah. how it was in yeah, those absolutely. days. So he moved here uh, in 1947. Uh, one year later, he was the light heavyweight world champion, and he lived here on Demo Hill. It's quite remarkable. It's quite a, uh, well, it's, it's, you know, it's a million pound house. But uh, now, isn't yeah, every yeah, uh, house in It cost £6,000. Did it? He, he bought it for £6,000. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like a million pound house, does it? But it's, it looks, what, 1930s? Every house is worth a million pounds in London, isn't it? So it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. I'd say it's a 1930s house with white stucco, red tiling. I'd say four bedrooms, little extension there. Yeah. Gorgeous. I think he used to have a swimming pool out the back. Did he? Yeah. He would, wouldn't he? I mean, he was, um, we should say, not just massively popular, but um, a really nice guy. Yeah. All, all, all the uh, video clips we've watched of him comes just comes across as a really nice guy time for everybody yes um, particularly uh, his friends and family yeah I, he used to take a lot of home videos and it does come come across that he had a very happy family his two yeah. daughters adored him indeed uh, and his stepson as well yeah um, um, and if we carry on up a little bit unless you've got any more to say while we stand outside well, we can walk and talk but perhaps we should mention that before he got here he was um, his career started as a, a booth boxer. They used to, yeah. they'd, they'd be completely illegal now. Yeah. Uh, but this was when he grew up in Bournemouth and they used to fight in these fairgrounds where if you could last six rounds with him, you'd earn yourself a quid, which is quite yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. And yeah. he'd get a quid if he knocked him out. Yeah. And I remember uh, reading that he would do these uh, like Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, and then on a Monday he'd fight a local professional uh, about set up by his manager. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to. Uh, earn a bit more cash so he was really slogging himself out and to be honest when I look at those early videos of him it does sound like he's got a bit of slurred speech it's a bit like you after the third <laughs> point the second <laughs> uh, yeah I mean he had something like 200 fights in three months I mean it's bloody hell it's just, just wouldn't be allowed now but um, they didn't really worry about health and safety back then no. uh, there's, a, there's a sort of a possibly apocryphal story about the manager you know with his boxers taking a beating and uh, the crowd are saying stop it ref stop it yeah and uh, the manager says it's all right we can take it <laughs> thank you manager um, and the reason we're walking up here is um, up towards the Hernhill Methodist Church is because that is where Freddie got married yes to Chrissy yes there's, there's a story there isn't there <laughs> yes uh, <laughs> yeah so Chrissy was his manager's daughter <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, and when he met uh, uh, Chrissy, uh, she was married to uh, Donnie, yeah. who was his mate. Yes, that's right. And in fact, they all went on the honeymoon together. Yeah, so South he was Africa. a boxer. Uh, she, yes. he, he, he was friends with him. Yeah. He knew Chrissy. Then he married her, um, only just a few um, short months after he moved into Denmark Hill, and went on a honeymoon with her ex-husband yes and her I should and, and <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit like you uh, and the twins isn't it when you married twins <laughs> is, is there's echoes of it isn't there <laughs> is that why you're drawn to his tail <laughs> yeah i mean he was very much the kind of uh, hero that uh, that britain needed after the war you know that's right yes uh, and uh, i mean actually even during the war because um there was a debate in the Commons, should boxing be stopped during the war? Right. And Herbert Morrison, the MP and minister, uh, debated in the Commons that um, for the health and sanity of the British public, organised sport had to be kept going. Right, OK. Good. Good argument. Um, yes, it, it, it sort of uh, allowed the British to feel they were on top of the world again, didn't it? Um, after many years of suffering. That's right, because uh, we didn't have... I mean, well, uh, boxing was dominated by Americans then. Yeah. Uh, and so when Freddie became world champion in 1948, 
it was a real boon for yeah for the country you know and also brought him global fame absolutely his fame was cemented with that victory uh, still Lesnovich. that's right and still he lived on Denmark Hill <laughs> I, I always admire that um, and then post his boxing career which obviously couldn't last that long especially not at that rate um, he became known for uh, TV appearances and indeed film appearances, didn't he? He did, yes. He was in a dozen or so films, uh, yeah. including two Carry On films. Yeah, Carry On Constable. Yeah, and Carry On Regardless. Right. And uh, he also presented the 6-5 special. Yeah, now the 6-5 special, in the early days of uh, TV, was incredibly popular. Yeah, uh, it was the, well, it was BBC's first rock and roll programme. Yeah. So. And he was fronting it. Yeah. So he'd made this transition from uh, boxing star into TV star. Um, and then he uh, also opened uh, the first Chinese restaurant in Soho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he claimed. Oh, he probably, probably was true, wasn't it? Was it was certainly one of, one of the first. Uh, and, and there was a demand for it from uh, soldiers coming back from the Far East. You know. Yes, who, who got a taste of the food. That's right. Yeah. That's when it all began. That's when the magic began. But he didn't do terribly well and soon became a... Uh, uh, drinking a spot. Night, a, night, yeah. a night spot. A night club. Um, we cross over here. We're at the church, aren't we? Yeah. This is Herne Hill Methodist on, Church, yeah. now called it, United Church. Well, one, one tale that I thought um, encapsulated something of his popularity was when his world title belt got stolen from his car in Brixton. Yeah. And the robber wrapped it in the newspaper when he realised what he'd done. Realised whose it was. Whose it was put it on Freddie's fence on Denmark Hill yeah. with a note saying sorry Fred yeah yeah <laughs> uh, on Freddie's last day yeah which he began here indeed at home yeah uh, and then did a, did a bit of gardening then he uh, wandered into Herne Hill went to the bakers picked up some rolls and went to uh didn't he, didn't he buy fa some fags? Buy some fags, he that's it, yeah. He bought fags for the week. Yeah, he bought fags for a week, which is instructive for later on, as we'll discover. Yeah, and then went home and... Uh, Played with the kids for a little bit. Yeah, and persuaded Chrissy they could stay up and watch the Beatles on Morecambe and Wise. Right, right. And uh, after that, after that he put the kids to bed... He got in his car and drove to Soho to Freddie Mills' night spot. Yeah. His nightclub on, on Charing Cross Road. And that's exactly what we're going to do now. Yeah. But on the bus. <laughs> this is a bus, mate. Um, just step on, show them your card. You can't <laughs> pay with cash. One to Soho, please. I'm not doing, I'm not doing interviews today. <laughs> Go upstairs. Getting, Can you manage it upstairs with your hip? You'll be getting a free pass soon, won't you? <laughs> nice try, it's not going in the edit. Okay, here we are walking down the Strand and uh, heading towards Soho, but we've decided to uh, stop off, haven't we? We can't go past it, can we? No, we can't. We thought we'd give it another tease, another uh, pub quiz. Um, so this pub has two entries, it's in, it's, it's in uh, Charing Cross, uh, yeah. it has two it's entries, one on Chandos Place and one down a very narrow alley called Bridges Place, which you can only go down single file Pretty at much, our time yeah. of life. And it's, <laughs> and it's lovely to be able to drink in an alley, isn't it? It is nice to be able to drink in an alley. Uh, wasn't it also the Evening Standard uh, Pub of the Year 2019? It was, I think it's been a camera pub of the year, maybe even a yeah. national one, which uh, is I think incredible so. for London. Uh, it, also, is amazing. it also is owned by uh, Fuller's, yeah. like uh, Dark Star Brewery, who makes Hophead, as we spoke about earlier, and sells Hophead. So it gives us a chance to uh, contrast and compare, yeah, like science. the scientists we yeah. are. Yeah. Um, that's Pub Quiz. Yeah. Guess that pub. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Fantastic. Um, a pint of hophead for me, how about you? Yeah, uh, two pints of hophead please, Moira. Yes. No, Moira, it's Patrick, sir. <laughs> Got it, thank you very much. <laughs> okay, uh, here we are in the alley of 
The harp. The harp. Did you guess that at home? I hope so. Um, uh, one of our favourites, isn't it? Uh, Can't pass it. That's no, that was our problem. We couldn't get past it, and we, well, we, we wouldn't get past it. No, um, I never can actually. I'm always having to stop off here. Yeah, um, and we've got another couple of pints of Hophead, haven't we? Uh, yes. Which allows us to compare. Uh, what are your thoughts? It is much fresher, isn't it? Much it is fresher, much fresher. Better head. Chilled, chiller, temperature, more carbonated, yeah. and all round. Just a better pint, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the news. news. The news. 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 Do you tell me that the Cambria is closed? I, uh, I'm disappointed to, to to discover the Cambria is closed. The Cambria is uh, the little backstreeter, sort of in uh, Loughborough Junction, mm. Camberwell Way. Mm. And um, yeah, our uh, friend Miles tipped us off that there was a notice pinned to the door addressed to the owners, mm. which is never a good sign. No. Um, you always know something's terribly wrong there with that. Um, and I walked past it last night, and uh, I'm afraid to say it is all shut up shop, and the chandeliers are down, and oh, the bins are overflowing. Yeah. Yes, it was known for its chandeliers. No, I've never seen so many chandeliers in a pub. No. And uh, the Catford Constitutional Club had um, closed as that well. That is tragic, it? yeah. Yeah, it was a great bar, but um, the building is fucked, I hear. I mean, uh, wind and water damage. I mean, yeah. We've all had it, you know. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's a, a building out the back that we weren't actually uh, you know, allowed into. Is, right. um, so, in a very poor state of repair. Yeah, I mean, it was all in pretty poor state of repair, but yeah. we loved it. it was, yeah, you know, exactly. I'm not that bothered about um, drinking in a condemned building. No. I'm quite, quite happy, happy to, to in fact. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I don't know why um, something a bit fishy is on, is on because the council obviously uh, want Antic out to affect these repairs brackets, yeah. build flats and um, you know, they may or may not be allowed to tender for the leasehold again at the end of it which all slightly yeah it odd, sounds like it? They're, they're looking for other managers for whatever yeah. bar is going to be there yeah. with the flats yeah exactly which is never a good flats and, and bars don't go well together. no and it's not going to be the same is it it's a real shame because it was an absolute cracker yeah and um a jewel in Catford's crown, along with the Blythe Hill Tavern. Yeah. And now at least there's the, the nine, nine, Ninth Life, isn't yes. there? Um, which I have yet to be to, but it's a shame about the Catford It is. You club. want three. You want three. I always yeah. want it's three. A, <laughs> um, Green King has been bought. This is the brewery and... Uh, and their pubs. And their pubs. Yeah, for um, £2.7 billion. Pounds. Yeah, by a Hong Kong company. Yeah. Have they it's ever tasted Green King IPA? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it did become somewhat popular in China, uh, certainly oh. after uh, the, the Chinese president was uh, photographed having a pint with that twat David Cameron. Oh, good knowledge. Good knowledge. Uh, so maybe there is a glimmer of hope. Maybe they bought it because everybody loves Green King IPA. Yeah. Yeah. Prediction? Pub Flats. closures. <laughs> <laughs> Similar sort of thing, and uh, on the same similar vein, the White Swan in Charlton. It's under threat. This is the, the fourth time there's been a planning application to put a, uh, some flats in their beer garden, basically take over some of their beer garden, which is a lovely beer garden. Mm, mm. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm hopeful it will be turned down because part of the proposal is to uh, have a kind of alleyway where they can, the bins can be accessed. Mm, the, mm. the bins have to be accessed. It does strike me that actually we quite like bins, and maybe this is an application we can get behind, because a bin's a little lean, isn't it? And also a little yeah. table. Yeah. yeah. Well, we can have bins there, we just don't need flats. No. Got me back on the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, possibly the worst news of all, I don't know what can happen to keep accentuating the positive and keeping it light, um, was the demise of Tom O'Connor, um, mm. a proper Greenwich character. He was a chef at the Green Pea restaurant and at the adjoining Hardy's Freehouse, wasn't he? He was, yeah, a lovely man. Very sad to hear that. Uh, he's only 71 mm. and he was such a character. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah, he's going to be sorely missed in, in Greenwich. As you said, every pie came with a story. It didn't it, though, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you'd go in, you'd ask what he had uh, to eat, he'd read you the entire menu, because there never existed no, the actual no, menu. No, no. He'd read the entire men- mem- menu from memory, and then at the end of it, he'd tell you what you were going to eat. Yes. Uh, I wonder if there was a menu, if there was just yeah. the one pie that he was... Exactly. He was, he'd know. go through a, a, a lengthy menu and then say, you're having the ham hock and chicken pie with peas and chips. Yeah. And it would always be wonderful. And yes, exactly. And four ninety nine. Yeah, um, that's what I like about it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. so that's farewell, Tom. A yeah. great character, and um, yeah, he'll be missed in the Greenwich area. Uh, and then um, to end the pub and beer news, perhaps on a slightly up point at last. Mm. Um, there's news, isn't there, of a craft beer bar and bottle shop opening in Penge. Yeah, Penge, Penge High Street. So. Um, They've already got the tap room of uh, Southey. They've got Southey tap room, and it's now it's going to be a lovely uh, double destination. Yeah, well, and they've got the uh, the goldsmiths. Yeah, there's a few things there. Yeah, yeah. rule of three. You need three pubs. Yeah, that's that's why Catford needs to um, get another one. Get get its constitutional back. Um, That's pub and beer news. Um, In other news, what we might call world news. Did you see the most utterly bizarre? notices from various police forces around the country uh, urging all of us to ready a bag for an unspecified emergency. I um, did see that. What, yeah. what are they on about? It must have been quite scary in Tuscany to read that. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily I didn't see it till I got back and yeah. I, I thought, what the fuck's been going on here? Uh, I mean, it was like, you've got to have a bag ready including a torch, a phone, clothes, a whistle, water, a radio. I'm uh, not facing the apocalypse without a whistle. No, of course you No, you love it, you love it when you whistle. Um, Drew, it drew criticism, didn't it, from various quarters for scaremongering because mm. people just thought, what the hell are they... What do they know that we don't know? Mm. Uh, it's just a very odd scenario. Yeah, what is happening to my house that yeah. I don't know about? Yeah, yeah, where Why have I got to I go? Why can't I go back for yeah. more clothes yeah. and more whistles? <laughs> um, so uh, I took it upon myself, anyway, to uh, ready a uh, emergency grab bag for you because mm. I, I knew mm. you'd never get around to it. <laughs> Um, so um, up, here it is. <laughs> Put it here. Um, it's heavy, isn't it? It is quite heavy. Yeah, sorry about that. I'll explain why later. Uh, I think we'll come around to the idea. I've got you some. Um, first of all, some tobacco papers and a lighter because you never know where they are. Never. Now know. you know where they are. Now yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. They're in your bag. Good. Um, I've got your radio as well, as they suggested, because I thought, what could be better, you know, during an Armageddon than listening to Test Match Special? <laughs> true, true. Um, I also popped in a sex doll, because I know what you like, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm certainly not putting out. You know, there we are, hiding, you know, from the rain under a bridge somewhere outside Aberystwyth, and you're like, oh, go on, just hold it, Raider, hold it for a minute. I'm like, what? I'm not... I'm not doing it so you get your doll out that's what I put your doll in for <laughs> but I did give you Will a lock you blow of, it up? <laughs> I did give you a lock of my hair as well <laughs> uh, which I thought would give you some comfort but don't put it on the sex doll <laughs> no, uh, food wise I've got you a pound of butter some <laughs> Good, roast yeah, potatoes oh. and some broccoli oh. now bear, bear with me I know bear, I know I know I know you don't I know, you should see his face um, <laughs> I know you don't like broccoli but I figured because you don't like it it's gonna last yeah. so 18 months in when everyone's eating their butter you've still got broccoli yeah yeah you're king of broccoli yeah. yeah um to drink I've got you this there you go it's, I got it from Sainsbury's. It's a barrel of Adnam's ghost ship. Oh, thank you very yeah. much. I'm not going to lie. This is what make making the bag quite heavy. Um, and it's, it will slow you down, which may mean you get caught. Not if I drink it. <laughs> um, but the upside, of course, is that you've uh, got a barrel of ghost ship. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you see? Yeah, yeah. you see what I'm doing. Mm. Um, I've got your harmonica, uh, so you can call for help. Uh, at least it sounds like a cry for help when you play it. <laughs> a plus a frisbee for the more light-hearted moments. Yeah, and a picture of your twin wives. <laughs> very nice. Thank you very much. Very thoughtful. Pleasure. And uh, would you mind taking that back? Because it is a little bit heavy. You know, I've got my own bag. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I, got, I got you a bag. But, oh, um, I, I, I wasn't expecting that. I haven't been able to put as much thought into it as oh, okay. you. Oh, um, OK. 
it's only come up in the last uh, half an hour. Well, it's an emergency. Yeah, it's an emergency, exactly. So, that, so But I know you're a simple creature as well, so you don't need very much. Thank you very much. Um, so uh, I've got you an inflatable palm tree. Oh, another inflatable. That is nice, though, isn't it? Yes. That's nice. Yeah, because yeah, it shows my sort of allegiance to Dulwich Hamlet. Yes. But also would provide some sort of protection Shade, in, during yeah. a nuclear holocaust. Yes, I'm sure it would, yeah. Uh, also some slippers. Handy. And a crack pipe. I love my crack pipe. And that's it. I love so my crack got, pipe. That's all you need. Yeah, that is good. Beautiful. Um, there we go. There's um, some ideas for an emergency grab bag. Um, now, uh, Taylor Swift has got a new album out, which I know you probably have already bought because you're a massive fan, aren't you? You love those uh, <laughs> Taylor Swift top tens. Taylor Swift couldn't be with us today, I'm afraid. No, uh, you know her. <laughs> I, I, I still don't get it. But um, so anyway, she's got a new album out, and um, it includes a track called "London Boy," mm. which I know you would like everyone to think is about you, but it's not. It's, <laughs> it's about you it's can about tell it's boy. not about me. Yeah, <laughs> and. Um, it's got lyrics uh, in the song that go something like, I enjoy walking Camden Market in the afternoon. He likes my American smile. When our eyes meet, darling, I fancy you. You know, yeah. I thought that was a good anglicism for her Definitely, to drop in. Yeah. I fancy you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what they'll make of it in the States, but it's yeah. nice to see it get international renown. Exactly. Um, then it takes a bit of a left turn. Mm. Uh, it goes, took me back to Highgate, met all of his best mates. Mm. And now I love high tea, stories from uni. You can find me in the pub watching rugby with his school friends. Oh, for God's sake. You see? Um, No one's actually told Taylor, I don't think, that this guy's a bit of a tit. He is, isn't he? Uh, That he went to Durham and likes to wear red trousers. Someone's got to say, you've got to mention that to her when you meet her. I will do, yeah. He's not good enough for you, Taylor. He's not good enough for you. Taylor? Um, And then it actually gets worse. You know, so there's sort of geographical oddities in it which mm. rubbed me up the wrong way as you know she says I enjoy nights in Brixton Shoreditch in the afternoon that's insane how you know the ginger line doesn't even stop at Brixton I mean mm. to get to Brixton from Shoreditch you have to walk to Old Street take the Northern Line change at Euston get on the Victoria Line it just doesn't make any sense I find it quite upsetting it is really just get an app uh, Taylor and you know, do your research yeah it's just not right I, don't, I, I forbid you to see her again <laughs> that's it we're through we're finished <laughs> she does also mention Soho well that's uh, a nice link because we need to go to Soho we almost made it but uh, we had to stop at the home. yeah um, uh, but she says something about one of the other things she likes in the song is going to Soho and drinking in the afternoon mm. which actually is alright maybe I'll give her a reprieve that's um, commendable. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we're going. Strangely enough, we're going to do just that. Yes. As we um, maybe we'll run into it. Yeah. <laughs> and Although we uh, are actually returning to the trail of Freddie Mills. We are. Yes. We're going to Soho to drink in the afternoon, but also to relive Freddie Mills's final moments. Creating the final moments of Freddie Mills. Get the fucking shit out of me. Sorry, sorry. Also, you shouldn't point guns at people. It's not a gun. It looks like a gun. It's a, a sawn off broomstick. <laughs> Don't point brooms at people. They might think you're trying to get them to do the cleaning. Yeah, fair point. Now, hold this end. Yeah. Hold it. Yeah. See if you can you reach the other end. Nearly. Oh, oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah. We'd better tell the story. Let's do it. Here we are in 
Goslett Yard. Yep. Where Charing Cross meets Tottenham Court Road. Yep, just at the back of 143 Charing Cross Road, which um, was Freddy's night spot, and where he came. On that quite fateful day. Yes. He uh, pulled up around the back of the night spot in Goslett Yard, got out of the car. Yeah. Popped into the club. Yeah. Said hello to everyone. He did. Then he said, I'm going to have a nap. I'm going to have a nap. I now, like that about I him. I like that about him as well, but we don't know, we're not really sure if he was having a nap or not. And then he got into the back of his car, and then we don't know what happened. What we do know is that he was found with a shotgun wound to his eye. Yeah. So it was, was he brown bread. It was he blinded. <laughs> <laughs> he was dead. They, he, he, he popped in and said, I'm going to have a nap. Come and wake me for the cabaret, because he introduced the cabaret. Yeah. Nightclubs were a bit different in those days. Mm. Uh, what we don't know is whether he shot himself, which the coroner said he did yeah after the inquiry yeah or whether he was shot by someone else yes i thought one bit of notable evidence i i read that could have a bearing on it was that um when he was shot in the eye it, sorry it wasn't a shotgun it was a rifle wasn't it yeah. we should actually say it was his rifle well he borrowed the rifle didn't he he borrowed it, it was a fairground rifle 0.22 yeah. i think yeah memory. um when he was uh, found with this uh, wound to his eye his eye was open that's very unusual, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to shoot yourself in the eye, you would naturally blink. And yeah, then, and I know then. I would. <laughs> yeah, which w would suggest that perhaps someone else was holding the rifle. Yeah, some argy-bargy. And, uh, you know, as it turned out, he did have a few enemies. Possibly. Well, he certainly knew some psychos, whether they yeah. were enemies or not. Yeah. No, did he have a few enemies? Um, well, things weren't going so well for our Freddy. No. The, first of all, the China Chinese restaurant had failed. It turned it into a night spot, and the night spot wasn't doing very well either. That's right. He's in debt, and he's it's moving in a circle where, you know, organised violence was quite normal. Yeah, he'd sold a lot of his properties. We don't really know where the money went. No. Unless it went into the nightclub. He was wouldn't be very wise if that was the case. No. He was big friends with the Craze as well, wasn't he? And uh, other... Uh, and the Richardsons. And the Richardsons. And so other the... sort of gangland figures. Yeah. So he wasn't moving in the right circles and he was falling into debt. Um, obviously, the debt could point to a suicide as well. Um, there are other... Uh, theories that in fact he was gay and that was about to come out. Yeah, G.A.Y. Uh, is right here in Gosset Yard. Gosset Yard is home to G.A.Y. Yeah. Or is it a coincidence? <laughs> um, uh, he had bouts of depression, possibly uh, brought on by uh, the punishment he took in the ring. Uh, yeah. Or, or it may have exacerbated it. Yeah. So uh, from here he was taken to hospital and uh, thence back to South London Where? for his funeral and his final resting place. Yeah. Yes, his funeral was at St Giles's in Camberwell. Yeah. was attended by stars of sport and showbiz. Yeah. Um, Henry Cooper, of course. Bruce Forsyth did the uh, eulogy. Uh, he did, and um, there's some video of the uh, occasion, remarkably, yeah. shot by the funeral company. Yeah. Bruce Forsyth looks quite old then, and we're <laughs> talking about 1965. <laughs> um, yeah, the head of BBC TV was uh, Frankie Vaughan, Norman Wisdom, Tommy Trinder, Alfred Marks, Len Nipper-Reed, the detective, mm -hmm. Bob Monkhouse and Sid James were all there in yeah, Camberwell. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, the roads outside uh, St Giles on Campbell Church Street were lined with people on both sides yeah. for, for the uh, cortege. Yeah, you can see that on the, um, it's the quite, video. It's quite remarkable. Yeah. yeah, it's quite remarkable. Yeah. You watch that on YouTube. If you yeah. search uh, Freddie Mills' funeral. And, so all, and all these people were present at St Giles's. Um, let's sup up and uh, 
do a final doff of the hat to Freddy yeah. and head to his final resting place. Yes, here we are at Camberwell New Cemetery at the graveside of uh, Freddie Mills. Um, in the loving memory of Freddie, a husband and father who was loved and adored. I don't think there's any doubt about that. No, and a lovely etching of him. Lovely uh, etching of uh, him in a boxing pose. And um, adorning his grave is a stone boxing glove. Yeah, which was said to contain one of his boxing gloves. I don't know if that's true because a bit has been looks like a bit's been broken off, doesn't it? Like some some wanger, has tried to yeah, has has taken a bit of it home, but um, it's still recognisable as a boxing glove. Yeah. And um, yeah, having read so much about him, it's quite moving to end up here, isn't it? Um, mm. This became a bit of a pilgrimage site, which was kind of testament to his popularity. Uh, people used to come and have like picnics here. We're about to have a beer picnic. Here. We are in his honour. In his um, honour. Um, I didn't know that. So people would actually come and have a picnic here, would they? And why not? Yes. It's quite a. I mean, it's just a grave, a plot amongst others, isn't it? It has yeah. got quite a interesting headstone. Mm. And if you do want to come and visit it, it's near the what we know as the second chapel, which is the Camberwell chapel uh, the first one being the honor oak chapel yeah um yeah it's just beside that with a sort of uh, l-shaped top to the stone yeah so you can't people miss used it. to have picnics here and there were complaints about the behavior about loud transistor radios oh really unruly children really and yet um it's quite unadorned today isn't it apart from our uh, four pure session ipas yeah. there's very little on the grave mm. Um, so should we try and conclude? What do we think? Well, the case for murder. He didn't pay the protect. He didn't pay any protection. No. I know people. Some people say, "Well, you know, would you if you're a, a boxer?" But hmm. you know, you possibly would if you if if, if there are gangs with guns. You know. Yeah. Uh, there's a theory that the Chinese wanted his club because it, it was in the uh, dawn of Chinatown mm -hmm. and uh, property was at an absolute premium at that point yeah. as, as the um, Chinese and others moved in. I don't buy that. They couldn't sell it. He's trying to sell it. Yeah. Um, the fact that he had such joie de vivre and was so happy even on the day. Yeah. Uh, and didn't leave a note didn't leave a note to his For children. the children that he, he loved. The family were utterly stunned by the suicide verdict. Yeah. And you know, if anyone's going to know it. him, yeah. it's them, isn't it? Yeah. The fact that he was shot in an open eye. Yes, that's highly unlikely, isn't it? Yeah. He wouldn't blink. Also, the, uh, the latter theory that we alluded to, that Freddie Mills might have been blackmailed by, uh, or might have been trying to blackmail his friend and promoter, Benny Huntman, who was in league with the uh, the mob, uh, yeah. who wanted to bring casinos to London. All those suggest uh, a possible motive. Yeah, there are lots of motives. Yeah, I, I mean, he was yeah he, he was around a great deal of dangerous people. Mm. There's no doubt about mm. it. Um, yeah, the Huntman theory is the one that was on the, the BBC, um, sort of said he, he heard his, Freddie trying to shake down his dad, um, and that shortly after he was killed and that he saw Mayolansky, who was the mob's accountant. Mm. Um, in the vicinity. In the vicinity, telling people, it's done, Freddie's gone. Mm, mm. Um, so that does leave some credence to, to it, it being yeah. a mafia hit. But for me, the the, uh, the main reason I think he, he didn't commit suicide is because he bought a week's worth of fags. Yes, it's clear to you, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... No one would ever do that. Yeah, who's going to... Yeah. I mean, it's one thing leaving your daughters, but a week's worth of fags. <laughs> uh, the case for suicide. Mills was in debt. Was he gay and terrified of that coming out? Was he a serial killer and worried about that coming out? don't think so um, he was he um, prone to bouts of depression well yes he was and he, was, um, and he had been damaged yeah had blinding headaches from from yeah. years of being punched in the head 
and uh, depression can hit you even if you are full of joie de vivre one yeah. moment and happy and love your children mm. you can still suffer from a terrible bout of depression um, the uh, the rusty old rifle mm. that um, Freddie Mills himself had borrowed I mean whatever you may think of may happen that night it was his rifle and it's unlikely that you know a hit person would have used his rusty 2.22 rifle mm. for a gangland hit. It's just not trustworthy enough, is it? No, no. Um, Unless you get him in the eye. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if it was a hit, a hit man, he probably would have had his own weapon, wouldn't he? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, may have wanted to look, may, make it look like suicide, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it was an unlikely suicide. Anyway, um, we're going to solve it today. Suicide or murder? I'm going murder. Thank you very much. That is now case closed. <laughs> um, and we are going to celebrate a great life because you know it's sad that it's often often his life is talked about just in terms of his death. But uh, yes, exactly. Let's it, celebrate his life, in which he gave and, and received he gave, yeah. enormous pleasure. Yeah, indeed he did. And, and um, loved. Um, we're going to receive a little bit of pleasure now by cracking open couple of tinnies yeah Will you do the ceremony i'm gonna uh, yep crack open our beer picnic <laughs> oh bloody hell that's that sounds nice um cheers cheers mate lovely and uh nice to know you etc and um should we gonna sit on that bench yeah like a couple of bum dosses <laughs> <laughs> So here we are sitting uh, in Camberwell New Cemetery on a bench in the early evening sun. Lovely, isn't it? Yes, and uh, we are acting like a couple of bum dossers, which is the name of this section, a new section, uh, which we uh, have devised as a sort of tribute to those who safeguard their own leisure. Hmm. And it will feature, perhaps, us? Well, I hope it will feature other people. Uh, yeah, we're also we're so inviting we you to um, submit your, uh, your devices to safeguard your own leisure, perhaps at work or even at home or in a domestic or social setting. And um, in the news, those people in the news, um, for example, the uh, now renowned Spanish civil servant Carlos Recio. Carlos. Do you remember him? I do, King Carlos, yeah. King Carlos. Um, he was a civil servant who skipped work every day for a decade. <laughs> He'd, every uh, day, I mean, that every is. Every day. He'd clock in at 7 30 every day, yeah. go back for some uh, shut eye, mm -hmm. and then return to work at 4 pm to clock off. I mean, this is dedication to slacking yeah. Yeah. that even you and I couldn't get to because you've got first of all you've got to get up at seven o'clock every day. That's right. But um, he managed to uh, get away with this for ten years. I do hope there's going to be a statue to him somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, he did spend some of the time he was slacking creating art and um, in another man's name opened an exhibition called. Art by a man who never worked. Did he? Yeah, I and th this was uh, part of what got him caught in the end. Oh, <laughs> oh, it went too far. <laughs> went too far. Went too far. Flew too close to the sun. But um, yeah, I mean, we've all been there, I'm sure. Uh, you know, putting on putting leisure before work. And uh, in Bumdossa, we'd like to hear what you've done. Uh, for example, when I, uh, as I think I've mentioned before in a previous podcast, when I worked in the um, the warehouse of a mental hospital just outside Colchester called Severals, um, I, at great physical expense to myself, emptied an enormous cardboard carton of all the Kellogg's cornflakes that had arrived with mm. it, mm. climbed into the carton and uh, went to sleep. And, yeah, uh, love that story. I, yeah, by the third, third time I did it... Um, I was awoken by a strange sense of weightlessness mm. as I was forklifted across the warehouse floor, uh, at which point I emerged, because obviously it was a bit scary, mm. and um, I was fired on the spot. 
<laughs> wasn't even given a chance to wake up properly. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah. Um, and it reminded me of uh, a time when you were offered promotion. Do you recall? I think you were in oh. civil. Was it a civil service or? Um... Uh, no, this was a really sh- a shit job. I mean, the only way I would get offered promotion was in a really shit job. It was, <laughs> it was a market research company, and everybody else had left. And so yeah, you found a... yourself the longest-serving yeah. employee. Mm. Yeah, and they said we'd like to promote you to whatever the next level was. Yeah. And um, yeah, I fainted on the spot. Not not I mean not literally. I pretended to spend yeah. the night in hospital, and they never mentioned it again. <laughs> One other one, actually, though, that yeah. was, I used to work on the railways. Um, Did you? In the ticket really office, in the t- yeah. ticket offices. Yeah. And um, on a quiet day, sometimes, I might just close the ticket office <laughs> and nip out for a pint. And then cu- come come back. I'd have to come back to cash up yeah. and get taken over by the next shift. And then say, yeah, it's been really, really quiet today. I haven't, any, I haven't sold any tickets. <laughs> Bum dosser. Bum dosser. Of course, now most uh, ticket offices are like that. You wouldn't notice it, would you? I know. They have machines. <laughs> yeah. didn't think of that in your day. Mm. Um, That's why they have machines. <laughs> of course, it was you, wasn't it, who um, once found yourself at home stirring your tea with a potato peeler mm. because it was the last clean implement in your kitchen. <laughs> I mean, that, again, that is, dedication, that is dedication to safeguarding your own leisure. Mm, mm. Um, so do get in touch if you have any of these. You can drop us a line at hello at deserter.co.uk or yeah. um, get in touch on, via Twitter or Facebook. Yeah. And um, we'll feature um, the ones that make us chuckle. Yeah, we'd love to hear your bum-dosser tales. Yeah. You're a bum-dosser. So off we go. We're leaving the cemetery. Uh, I thought we'd do one more uh, pub quiz of the day uh, for we are heading to a pub. Glorious pub. Yeah. It won the Deserter World Cup of Pubs. The first one, the inaugural. Inaugural, yeah. It's, uh, it used to be called Newlands. Yeah. Uh, it was a big music pub featuring the likes of uh, Dr. Feelgood, uh, The Who, probably. <laughs> Still is a big music pub, of course. Still is a big music pub. Got a lovely stage with a gold, gold lame curtain. And it is, we understand, the UK's first community-owned pub. That's right. And I believe Pompey Dunk is a shareholder. I think he is, yeah. He should be able to buy us a pint. Excellent. Let's hope he's there. So it was it was under threat, wasn't it? It, it was under threat. And it be flats, probably. And, yeah. And the community stepped in. They stepped in. and now Bought it. Yeah. And... Uh, now it's ours. Uh, yeah. And it's it, it's it's a wonderful pub. It's one yeah. of South London's jewels. Yeah. Uh, can you guess what it is for the last point of the day? Two pints of hophead, please, Susan. I'm not Susan. Oh. Uh, you are? Amma. You're Amma. Yeah. Amma's ruined the podcast. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, Amma. Okay, pub reveal time. Yeah. You tell them, Vinny, you tell them. Yes, I hope you're joining in at home. Um, <laughs> uh, we are at the Ivy House, of course we are, in Nunhead. Ivy House, yes, it's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's uh, an old uh, uh, purpose-built community boozer in three parts. Actually, it's in four parts, but one is currently remains closed. So oh. It's got that little coulter over there, oh. the public bar, the main stage bar, mm-hmm. where we're in now, where mm-hmm. the children have just walked in. Lovely to see them, as always. And, um, of course, the winter bar, as I call it, which I believe is more generally known as the refectory. Mm-hmm. That's through the other side, which where they had the, the, the lovely log fires in the winter. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, we're on another, our third pint of Hophead. I mean, we should be sponsored yes, by Hophead. Yes, we are. We should be. And if fullers are listening, uh, we would like to be. Yeah. <laughs> what I would like to do now, Benny, if you'd be amenable, is something I call... The social media scene. Oh, that sounds cool. It is, isn't it? Mm. What does it mean? <laughs> uh, other people's gags? Other people's gags, that's it. Yeah. Ian Power caught my uh, attention with his tweet um, Breaking. I've just bought a motorised sofa bed. Ooh. More on this as it unfolds. <laughs> <laughs> Nice gag, nice gag. <laughs> yeah. It is actually quite easy to make gags about sofa beds, isn't it? You just uh, make them up. 
Yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah. make make, make, yeah. make up the social shit. Yeah. No, no, fuck it, you're rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I am actually wondering if, if, if social media scene is just a sort of collection of dad jokes. Hmm. Well, that's funny you say that, because I've got a mummy joke now. <laughs> Um, this was from uh, Magnificent Bastard, Long May He Rock. Long May You Rock. Is that his Twitter handle? Yes. Mm. Um, yes, he, he put up this story. Uh, a ten-year-old girl asked her mum, Mummy, how was I born? And the mother smiled and replied, Once upon a time, me and Daddy planted a wonderful little seed. Daddy put it in the earth, and I took care of it every single day. After a while, the seed started to grow more and more leaves, and in a few months, it turned into a beautiful, healthy plant. So we took the plant, dried it, smoked it, and got so high that we fucked without a condom. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Yes. Very good. A beautiful story. And I like the tactical whisper due to uh, children no, playing. children are around. Yeah. Yes, I hope that you all appreciate that at home. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and work a pint. Oh wow. my godfather. Make it free. <laughs> what do you want, Pompey? Stunk. I thought you were in Egypt. Ah, uh, well, I was, of course, yeah, it went, went, went alright, but let's get the beer first, can we first? <laughs> oh, okay, alright, yeah. yeah. Right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh. Not that one. Doesn't yeah, 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 unfortunately. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. He's got loads Can of them. I insert that? Some of them are his. Why are we dinner for us? <laughs> He's gold. He's gold. Declined. I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. I might have... Uh, uh, that, 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 that is all my... Pro- oh, I've, I've got some cash. Next time on Deserter Podcast... Who killed Kate Bush?